107.7, 1077thebronc.com, proudly nominated for a 2019 and 2021 National Association of Broadcasters Marconi Award for College Radio Station of the Year, and broadcasting live from the Bronx all-new digital broadcast studios, welcome you to Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Tequila. Sit down, grab a blanket, and snuggle up with your furry family, because it's time for Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, where Dr. Michael Tequila will discuss everything you need to know to keep your fuzzy friends happy, healthy, and safe. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, Route 518, Skillman. For more information online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Here he is now, only on 107.7 The Bronx. Hey, Dr. T here, and I wanted to talk about something that is very prevalent in the news today. And namely, it's that there, there's a much increased risk for people in the veterinary profession, whether it be veterinarians, technicians, or other people on the team, it's almost three times as high as the general public for suicide. And we as a profession are definitely working on that. Um, every continuing education conference I go to, there's tons of seminars about that. Um, I was glad to see that there was something about technicians. What about the tech? Because there, there is a lot of talk about the veterinarians. But it, it got me thinking about things that ways in which, you know, a, a lot of... A lot of the concern, if you look at the literature out there for the stress that we face as a veterinary profession, comes from how we are treated by the clients, by the general populace. And so it got me thinking about ways in which you, as a pet parent, as an animal lover, um, even as a veterinarian that refers to a referral center or a referral center veterinarian. By that, I mean any of the specialty centers that have specialists. Um, how ways in which you can actually show your appreciation for your veterinarian comes from many years of having to deal with situations like this. So, so I hope by the end of this video you get, you get an understanding of the ways in which they're quite simple, they're easy, they're actually common sense, those ways in which you could help your veterinarian have a great day. It's funny because when people say things to me, well, whether it's a, it's a great moment in a medical situation or someone says, you know, today a, a client said, you are a blessing. I almost broke down crying because it was so awesome, right? But it's like to say things like that, that just makes your day. And what I do is that when I have these moments, I will literally tell that person, you just made my day. You made my weekend. You made my week. Moments like that. So it can range from having Angus is a black lab who ate a bunch of grapes and we made him vomit and they all came up and it was awesome. His blood work and urine were fine. So those situations, those make my day. Um, just situations like that. So, so let, let's start with this. I think the number one thing you could do, and I think it pertains to social media. So as you know, social media can be a blessing. It can be a curse. Someone's opinion, whether it be true, right, 
or completely biased can sway the opinion of those who read it. And inevitably, you see negative reviews lead and cascade and go from there. And trust me, I've been privy to this. I've been, you know, everyone has to deal with negative reviews. You get a thickened skin about it. Um, you try to, you try to adjust. Um, but the, the funniest thing is that there's there's a negative review on my on my site, um, and it's funny because this person states that they were looking for a forever bet, yet they still come here, but they gave a negative review, and it blows my mind. <laughs> so we just have a joke about it in the back or whatever. But I think the number one thing you can do, especially if you love your vet, is actually write a Google review. And the reason why I say this is that you could have five out of five out of five out of five Google reviews, and someone gives you a not good one, whether it's relevant, real, true, honest, unbiased, that can bring your rating down really low. And we're finding that new clients, one of the number one things they do is actually search Google for reviews about you. I'm blessed because a lot of the new clients we get say, oh, you had great Google reviews. So I love it. I love the fact. And, and I would advise you as a veterinarian, you gotta, you address the negative if you want. Sometimes you can't. There's a there's an advice um, column out there and sometimes it says you can't argue with crazy. So you kind of know those situations, but um, I really think that you, you should just ignore them or address them if they're pertinent. Um, but count on your great clientele, the ones who love you, the people who love you, to write a Google review. And if you are the person that loves your veterinarian, please write a Google review. That will definitely help. You know, I love seeing great reviews. I love seeing, I love getting surprised when I review the reviews. It's phenomenal. So that's number one. Number one thing you can do is write a review. Number two, along the lines of Google. The last time I checked, Dr. Google, when he first came out, or she, never had a veterinary degree, and the last time I checked, Dr. Google still did not have a veterinary degree. And I love it now. I think a lot of great pet parents are learning. They'll preface the statement with, I went online and I searched, and I know that was really bad of me, and I shouldn't have done that. Heck yeah. Love it. So those are moments that I, I enjoy. So Dr. Google is not a doctor of anything that I've ever seen. An expert at converting milliliters to ounces or miles to kilometers, um, but not for veterinary medicine. So number two, Dr. Google ain't real. Number three, and it's something that I think pertains to uh, time. Why do I say think? It does. It pertains to time. Um, ironically, my receptionist, um, she had a, an appointment with a specialist. And she, she texted me saying, you know, I've been waiting here three hours and no one even came in the room. And in the end, I asked her how the appointment went today. So she was checked in. Her appointment was at 3. She was checked in anywhere from 3 to 3.30. And then the doctor didn't even come to see her at 6. Till 6. She's eight months pregnant. Can you imagine waiting that long? And the reason was they forgot about her appointment. Now, I don't know how it works at 
many hospitals, but a lot of times the, the file of the active patient in that room is sitting in a holder right outside, and that was the case here. So, so my point is, is respect the time. So that goes both ways. That's as you as a clinician, respect the time of you as a client. And you as a client, please respect the time of your clinician. Now the caveat there is, and Dr. Andy Rourke's uh, group wrote a really great article about this, is we as veterinarians, we don't want to make you wait late or wait at all. I hate when clients, I know hate's a very strong word, I do not like when clients have to wait. And my team can vouch on this. If I look at it, it's five after, I, I'll say, man, I'm five minutes behind, I'm 10 minutes behind. It drives me personally nuts because I don't think someone should wait. Having said that, it is not on purpose that we're making you wait. It could be an emergency has come in. It could be that the appointment that was scheduled properly went on above time. In many cases, it's usually what is presented as a wellness visit, as a preventive visit turns into non-wellness, or the situation is worse than what anyone anticipated. So your veterinarian is not making you wait on purpose. Please understand that. Now, I think there's exceptions for those, those clinics that accept walk-ins. I mean, it's just whatever, you know, I've had clients come in because they didn't want to wait two hours at a walk-in clinic. That's totally fine. Now, on the reverse, when I say respect the time, what drives your veterinarian nuts is when someone walks in late without prior notice that we're going to be late. Nothing I appreciate more than a client saying, I'm awfully sorry, I'm 10 minutes late. And one thing that veterinarians do for the most part is we accept that, that late call. I remember I was going to be five or 10 minutes late, not in my control. It was traffic issue. And I called one of my human medical practitioners. I had an appointment and they wanted to reschedule me for five or 10 minutes. Rarely do I see a veterinarian do that. I think we, we take it, but we do appreciate those who call who say they're going to be late. Typical scenario is someone comes in late for a vet and then say, I'm in a hurry. I need to be out of here by a certain time. So please respect the time. That time has been scheduled for you and your pet. That time could have been scheduled for someone else, or you're making that vet run behind, and therefore it's going to bleed on over to the next appointment. So please respect the time. And speaking of time, we're out of time for this segment. So let's take a break, listen to a few messages, and we'll come back to Your Pet Matters right here on 1077, 1077thebronc.com. The following is an encore presentation of Your Pet Matters with many new shows to come. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Your Pet Matters to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Now... Here's a replay of Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Takiwa. We're back with Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, discussing everything you need to know to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Only on 1077 The Bronx. Welcome back, and if you're just joining us, I've been talking about things that basically drive your veterinarian nuts, and in this world where... There's a lot of stresses in the vet world. We're three times more likely to commit suicide, the vet team members, than your, the average person out there. And there's things that just drive us nuts that increase that stress level. So I've been talking about a few ones, and here's another one. The 
other is no-shows, cancellations. I don't know a single human doctor who doesn't have a cancellation fee or a no-show fee. We've been tallying. We've had probably a dozen no-shows per month. That's a lot. I think it's a lot on scale, but it's... Please, just respect things. You don't, you know, what we find in our profession are people will, especially over the phone, they'll call different clinics and whoever accepts them at the time and, and place or whatever they want, they will go there. So those are your standard no-shows, but a lot of times we get no-shows. It's, it's so funny. You call them after they're late. and they, I'm sorry, I forgot I had an appointment. How can you forget you had an appointment? Well, I shouldn't say that. If there's a real legitimate reason, absolutely. Some people are sick, whatever, but... 80% of the time, it's not really a legit reason. So please respect that appointment. Do not schedule. Number four. Number five. What are we at? Four or five? How many am I at? Darker Google. Write a review. Not making you wait on purpose. Respect the time. Communication. Communication. It is very hard for us as veterinarians to communicate to one significant other and then find that the other significant other has no clue what's going on. <laughs> it's, it's twice the amount of work for us, sometimes three times the amount of work. I've had situations where I have to talk to one significant, separately talk to another, and then both of them will call me on speakerphone and talk to them both. So it... it, it Frankly, from my perspective, if I don't talk to my wife or my family about what's going on with her pet, I just don't understand that. I think it's, it's very important. So please, don't put the onus on your veterinarian to be that communicator. That's, that's a stressor to us. And, and the joke is that we are actually counselors. We're not counselors. I was never trained to be a counselor. That's not what I got into veterinary medicine for. Um, and quite frankly, I'm not equipped to do that, or maybe I am, but it's one of those things that is one of the big stresses in the profession. So please don't do that. The next thing is, is that, I don't know, we get this twice a month maybe? Someone makes an appointment for one pet, and at that appointment slot, without prior knowledge or notification, they bring their second pet and ask that pet to be seen. That has created a scenario where you are, the veterinary team is now doing double work. They have to do it in a time frame that wasn't scheduled for that double work. So then it creates a cascade effect where it leads to, inevitably, it's not just a routine thing. Inevitably, it leads to bleeding over into the next appointment. Then it leads to, I'm sorry, we didn't make you wait on purpose. All these different things. So it's also part of respecting the time and respecting everything. So please, if you have two pets that need to be seen, either call ahead and say, listen, this is the scenario, and understand that the vet may say, we cannot see that second pet, I am sorry. Or plan ahead and get those two pets scheduled in properly. That would make a world of difference. We, we have people that we actually say, okay, they're going to bring another pet. Or we have people who say, oh, they may not show. Those are not scenarios that I would wish upon any business at all. The next point is it all has to do with pricing. And in my opinion, I find that 
when I go to the human doctor, basically because of pet, of pet insurance, because of insurance, the question is, what's your, here's your copay, blah, blah, blah. Here, doctor's going to do this. We're going to pull blood. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And I'm going to write a script for this. And if you look at the finances, for me to go and see my doctor, get a routine mini screen done, and get a script written, it is, it's not cheap. It's probably five to $700 that the insurance is billed for that. The difference being is when you go to a vet's office and they not only do a way more comprehensive blood work, arguably a better for thorough physical exam, and you know what I mean with that. Um, they give you the preventatives for almost the whole year for a pet and probably deal with a minor medical issue with medications. And the bill actually is about the same. But because you as a pet parent are dealing with that finances up front, it totally changes the whole dynamic. And I understand that. If you're going to a veterinarian and you, you, you're going, this bill is going to be five or 700 bucks, it's great to actually have a discussion, you know, and I, my advice to vets out there is in those scenarios, make an estimate, discuss with the client, see what the financial options are and go. But I find that because finances take a prevalent role in the scenario, it's definitely leads to a different sort of interaction. I, I'm almost going to make it akin to going to a restaurant. You, if you're going to pay for an expensive meal, there is a perception from the client that they want excellent service and great meal. If I told you that going to your regular human doctor, it's the same thing, except insurance is arguing over that. It makes it a completely different scenario. If you have to pay the same amount for human medicine, I think human medicine would be that way. So that that adds an additional stress. It's, it's you know again, none of us went into veterinary medicine to negotiate pricing for what we feel is the best medical care for your pet. Many of us who've been doing this for a long time were able to take that scenario, assess it for what it is. My goal is to work with my client to provide the best care for their pet in the financial means that they make available to me. It's very tricky. It's a chess game. You want to do what's best. You have to do it at the price range that the client can afford. And I know some of you are saying, oh, vets are really expensive. Honestly, if I went into detail, and that could take up a whole nother episode, if I went into detail about the overhead and cost of veterinary medicine, it would blow your mind. It would blow your mind. Ah, another point. One of the best things is, and some vets get actually irritated by this, I don't, a list. Nothing's, and for you husbands who don't really know what your your spouse or significant other wants to do on the other end for that pet, make sure they give you a list. Nothing is better than one of the significants or the spouse coming in, really not knowing what's going on with the pet, but they have a list, and that helps us immensely. For those of you who are practicing in affluent areas, the au pair, the housekeeper, the gardener, the land maintenance person, whoever's bringing that pet, if they have a list, that is phenomenal. They have a list, will allow you to address the situation. Secondly, along with that list, have a contact number which you can directly reach the pet parent to discuss said lists and game plan. That is huge. And along the lines of paperwork, whenever you're going to another vet, 
love to see the records. Um, it is a common courtesy between veterinarians to give records. And vets out there who are being a little geographically, sorry, vets out there being a little geographically aggressive about keeping their clientele, please don't. The best is what is best for that pet. So share your records with, um, we always call vets and we say a common client of ours. It's fine. Just share the records. It'll give that vet that much-needed background check of what's going on with that pet. And for you pet parents, invoices are not records. Invoices show us what you were charged for each thing. It doesn't tell you the um, the soap, the subjective assessment, um, objective assessment plan. So in other words, what was your veterinarian thinking? What were they thinking when they prescribed this medication? What sort of diagnostics did they do that led them to this discussion? What was the physical exam findings? I've never seen physical exam findings on an invoice or differential diagnoses. So it's very important to actually get those records. I think it's very, very important. And it's also important to hear from some of our sponsors. So we'll take a short break, listening to some messages, and I'll come back with my conclusions of things that will help relieve the stress of your vet and make it better for you. Right here on 1077, 1077thebronc.com. Every weekend, you'll find a project to get involved with. And sometimes, it'll include your scaly or furry partner in crime. From Your Pet Matters with Dr. T, it's time for Producer's Pet Project. Your go-to for pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and overall helpful tips and tricks to keep your best friend happy and healthy. Producer's Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Hello everybody, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Your Pet Matters. I'm your producer Wade Buchanan, and today I want to talk about the connection between students and animals. Now, being a college student myself, which I am back in Rider University, great to be back of course, um, I often find it very difficult, or I see a lot of difficulties with leaving a pet at home, because it's both stressful for the pet and for the student that's leaving to go to college. You know, you're basically leaving a best friend behind at home. Um, and I kind of just wanted to get into the topic of what makes the emotional connection between students and animals uh, so important. And the simple answer is um, anxiety and stress. Every student deals with it in every grade level at any sort of age. There's always that stress, always that pressure to do better and to uh, make everybody proud that you're doing your fourth. So, um, for whoever has a pet in their life, they know that it's just a simple way to relax, it's to help take care of something else, it's to get your mind off basically whatever is going on in school or whatever school work. Um, and now, campuses have taken this idea and have used it to help students kind of de-stress, kind of help them take time to just step back and relax. Um, so with a lot of campuses, what they do is um, they, uh, they would bring dogs, like little puppies, and have the students just play with them for like an hour or two, and it would be in the middle of finals week, um, which is, again, huge stress period for everyone in college, you know, because it's finals, 
the final grade, everything comes out, and everything starts um, tornado tornadoing in the head. All the thoughts start going around. Just it's a way to clear it. So you see that with a lot of um, campuses. Um, it was cool, and even studies have shown that um, the relationship between an animal and a student can just reduce so much stress and help the student actually focus more because they've had that breath of fresh air outside of school. So in 2015, an article was wrote by Brooke Noden and was published by the University of Wisconsin. And it stated that when a survey was done uh, from 102 freshman and sophomore college students um, on whether or not animal interaction would affect their college life, 92% of freshman and sophomore students with pets at home believe that interaction with a pet would help reduce their stress levels and or homesickness. However, even 50% of students with no family pet at home indicated that pet interaction would help lower stress and or homesickness. Um, now, of course, I am a little biased when it comes to this um, article because um, for those who have listened to the show in the past, I used to have a dog of my own. His name was Shep, a German Shepherd. I had him when I was younger and much like any other dog, he was my best friend. And it was a break from all the stress and hardships in school. Um, things got a little bit more complicated down the road, um, so I didn't see him all the time, but seeing him was just a breath of fresh air, and it definitely helped me get over a very bad day of school. So I do believe that having an animal around as a student is um, a big um, cushion for a lot of the pressure that students of all ages have to deal with and it's a way to just um, de-stress and just kind of get used to um, the outside world just a little bit more but that is all the time i have for this episode so tune in next week where i give you more tips tricks and overall just fun facts to keep your furry friends happy healthy and safe till then back to dr t and your pet matters i'm your producer wade buchanan and I will see you all in the next one. Stay safe, everybody. That was today's segment of Producers Pet Project. Your one stop for all things pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and more. Be sure to tune in next time. And for a more in-depth conversation, listen to Your Pet Matters with Dr. T every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Producers Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Only on 107.7 The Bronx. The following is an encore presentation of Your Pet Matters with many new shows to come. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Your Pet Matters to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Now, here's a replay of Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Takiwa. We're back with Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, discussing everything you need to know to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Only on 107.7 The Bronx. Welcome back, and if you're just joining us, I've been talking about things that drive your vet nuts. 
cannot compete with Walmart. I don't know any individual practitioner that can compete with Walmart. Um, and there's a reason why the small stores are going out of business. It's those big giant box stores and Amazon. It is incredibly difficult to compete. But along those lines, there's a lot of culture change with the with that sort of approach. And if you want that sort of approach, then by all means, I, I don't think that um, the mom and pop like us really are, are going to be your, your cup of tea. I think if it's all about price, there are there's always going to be somewhere where you can go that's about price. But... I'm not a fan of the uh, of the, of the don't 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 nickel and dime me over something that is um, it, it's just not to me it's not a viable situation you know it's like going to buy a car I, I, it's the most difficult thing you want to do I love the fact that there's one price for something and it goes from there um, and I can go on and on about why that exists um, well I'll touch upon it a little um, there are low-cost veterinarians that have super high volume or high number of clients. At the end of the day, their gross is incredibly high, and at the end of the day, they make a lot of money. There are veterinarians that charge a heck of a lot for what they do, and at the end of the day, their gross is very high, and at the end of the day, they make a lot of money. And there's everyone like me in between that we're trying to think, do things reasonable. We don't have high volume. So every appointment counts. So for those of you who chronically scheduled or canceled, that really affects. In my particular practice, one appointment can affect my day. One appointment. So I'm sure I'm not alone with that. So that's something you need to understand with your veterinarian. So all these types of issues, whether it's a bad review, whether it's um, lack of communication, whether it's you you're, don't show up for an appointment, um, you, you don't want to wait, all those types of things actually do lead to increased stress on your practitioner. Now, the other thing that, that I'm involved with now that is... Um, something that we're going to be talking about more in the future is it, there's, there's a relationship between your general practitioner and a referral. And I'm incredib incredibly, incredibly fortunate for two reasons. Around my practice, I've got multiple referral centers that I can refer my patients and my clients to. Multiple great referral centers. And along those lines, I've got multiple great relationships with multiple people, specialists and team members of all these different groups. Um, but because of those relationships, because of cultivating those relationships, it has led to an incredible communication bonus for me and my clients. Nothing's better to me than being able to say to my client, listen, we just diagnosed cancer. I know who I'm going to send you. I know this person. Let me text her. Let me call her. Here's where we go. There's an internal medicine case. You know, let me reach out to my internal medicine buddies. See what they have to say about this. Um, in my particular practice, I have mobile surgery come in, board certified surgeon, mobile cardiology come in, uh, mobile ultrasound come in. So I'm able to physically confer with these specialists. But in addition to that, I can get on the phone and talk to people too. And I think that's incredibly important. So the point I'm trying to make here is as a day practitioner, cultivate those relationships. From their end, 
they're going to know you and trust me, it's going to change that relationship they're going to have with your clients. From the other end, from the referral center side, nothing's better than communicating with that practitioner who just referred you the case. Nothing's better than that. That's what they're waiting for. That's what they're looking for because their client who trusts their day practitioner so much is going to contact them right after the visit. So there's nothing better than having a communication line on there. And if you're that day practitioner, open up, call out to that um, specialist when you know the appointment is. If you're the specialist, please call as soon as you can. I know you guys are swamped with appointments, but, but creating that communication line, cultivating those relationships is huge. Studies indicate that a pet under the care of both a general practitioner and the specialist live longer, higher quality, healthier lives. So that relationship exists. I want to be able to have family time. I want to be able to have a life outside um, my practice. So those referral centers exist for emergency. Again, there's a relationship there. It's phenomenal. If I know where they've been, I recognize the, the, the name at the end of the report, phenomenal. I can give them a call and see how things are going. Create those relationships, cultivate those relationships. You as a pet parent, your veterinarian's probably going to have um, a better relationship maybe with one referral center or another or whatever, whatever relationships they have so they're going to have recommendations of where to go. The best way to find that out is when you actually ask them. Um, you, should have a, you should have that number. There's two phone numbers you should have in your speed dial. One is your veterinarian, two is a referral center. I think many of you do have that, but that's very important because when your veterinarian is closed, it is important to have somewhere to go. So know where to go, know who to call, very important. But cultivating those relationships really decreases stress. Okay, I think I've gone, oh, and to show your vet you really care about them, I always say I'm, I'm gonna come back as a lab, food. Food's always good. Food's always good to show your veterinarian you care. But saying, saying you care, showing you care, makes a vet's day. Thanks for listening. And remember everyone, love your pet like they love you, unconditionally. Have a great day. Make your day, make somebody's day. That was Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care. You can tune in right here every Saturday at 10 a.m. Or to hear more right now, you can go to 1077thebronc.com slash yourpetmatters, where you can download past episodes as podcasts on your favorite platform like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, Route 518, Skillman. For more information online, it's progressiveveterinarycare.com. We'll see you next time, only on 1077 The Bronx.